It is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020, and this is episode 88 of the World of Sports podcast and radio show, short episode edition. Thursday and welcome to the second episode for Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. My name is Zach Rubenstein and welcome. Uh, the first episode was on Steve Cohen and the Mets. Um, Steve Cohen is a billionaire who bought the Mets officially on Monday, I guess, or the reports are. It's not totally official yet, but uh, Steve Cohen's going to buy the Mets. Um, that's a whole disaster of a franchise and, and the process of getting there is kind of cool. Um, so if you want to hear about that and, and hear about the the way in which this went down, uh, go ahead and listen to that. This is going to be about the NBA. There were a lot of questions for a while as to what does the bubble mean ultimately. And we're starting to get the answer to that. The answer is it means great basketball. It means very good basketball. And it means some interesting and exciting stuff. Um, and so I'm going to break that down a little bit. Now, this is only updated to the games that took place up until yesterday, Wednesday. Um, So there are games today that that I'm not going to talk about yet if you're listening to this Thursday night. Uh, I'm not going to get to those games. Um, But we saw two Game 7s in the last three days. Uh, I guess two days. We saw one on Tuesday and one on Wednesday. Um, We saw an interesting series between the Miami Heat and Bucks, uh, which went to Game 2 on Wednesday. Um, and so, and we also are seeing an interesting series with the Celtics and Raptors. Uh, they play later today, Game Three. Um, so the big deal to me has been the two Game Sevens. Now, to be honest, the, in both cases, the actual official better team won, and that is generally how the NBA works. But those two games were both very different than just the better team winning. It really made it sound like both teams were even, at least in the way that it appeared. So. If you're not aware of what's going on, the NBA is restarting in a bubble in Orlando. There are no fans. All the players are living in hotels. They are starting to have some of their family members come, but it's like one spouse or significant other and like a small child. Um, And so there are not a lot of people there, but they are adding a few um, into Orlando. And so the Nuggets and Jazz are the 3-6 matchup in the Western Conference. Um, I did an episode with Charlie, a regular length episode, which you can go back and listen to um, probably now three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Um, It it feels like it was a while ago where we talked about the Nuggets Jazz series. And I thought the Nuggets were going to crush things uh, because the Jazz needed a heroic effort from one Donovan Mitchell uh, to win. Well, Donovan Mitchell did the heroic effort. Um, The man was at was scoring in the 50s and high 40s. He was doing everything for the Jazz. Um, the Jazz went up big in the series. Uh, I believe they went up 3-2, 3-1. And it looked like the, the Jazz were going to close the series out. And then the Nuggets came roaring back with their two big guys leading the way, two main guys, uh, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, who both went off themselves. And and by the way, Donovan Mitchell played really well uh, throughout the entire game uh, through that point. But... Uh, a heck of a, a heck of a series, um, and, and congratulations to the Nuggets. Now their their game seven was an old an, an ode to old school basketball to a certain extent. 
Um, the final score was 80 to 78. Now, I will be honest, there have been games in the bubble where the halftime score is 80 to 78. This was a very special game, at least in terms of score and, and the inability of teams to score. But what it really was to me was intense. It was old. It was it was the NBA's kind of intense they haven't had in a while. Um, apparently, the ratings on this game were higher than the NBA's had in a very very long time for a non-LeBron game. Um, and I don't know what the ratings are on the other game seven, but I'm assuming they were also pretty high. And what this series came down to, to me, were the stars. It was kind of a who wants it more between the main guys on each team: Donovan Mitchell for this for this Jazz and. Jamal Murray for the Nuggets. Um, and in the final game, as both teams couldn't score, um, the, and the Denver Nuggets, by the way, went up big and then blew a lead, what we saw was that the main stars came out. Nikola Jokic in Game 7 had 30 points. Jamal Murray had 17, even though he wasn't as good. The Jazz, on the Jazz side, Rudy Gobert had 18, had 18 rebounds, 19 points. 18 rebounds is a ton, especially in a game with his with bigs and, and length that Denver has. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 22. And the end of the game was even crazier, the, the final sequence. Um, and that's, to me, the sign of a great series. And I don't know what will happen going forward. Now the Nuggets have to go face the Clippers, and that's a very tall task. Um, but to me, having a good Game 7 was very important for the health of the league. Um, and, I, and I know I'm not getting very deep into the game, but I'm trying to hit around the edges of it. Um, and to me, this is a sign that basketball is interesting again. Um, I'm not even necessarily talking about the Clippers, uh, the Clippers Dallas Mavericks series. That was a great game, featured a game winner from Luka Doncic on a shot from 35 feet out. Uh, um, but there was another game seven that was that was uh, last night, Rockets Thunder. That game also finished within two points. The Rockets won 104-102. The Rockets, by the way, now have to go play the Lakers. Now, I thought the Thunder might win the series. Um, The the Rockets' style has been really, really small and shoot a lot. And I will be honest, the Rockets got helped. The Rockets were the team that got the most help by the time off in quarantine. Uh, The Rockets have a history of running out of gas. They get into about March, April, and they start running out of gas. And in the playoffs, they really run out of gas. They can't finish a game. Their stars, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, I guess Russell Westbrook has really done this on other teams, but they run out of gas. They just can't finish. One other team goes out and beats them because the Rockets shoot themselves out of the game. Uh, And that looked like it might happen again. Uh, James Harden played an awful game seven. But throughout the series, he was really good. um, And... The length that the Oklahoma City Thunder had, they couldn't they couldn't exploit. And Chris Paul was fantastic as usual. Now the ending to Game Seven was a little bit nuts. Um, the Thunder's best player was a guy. I, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his first name. Last name was Dort. Did go to ASU. Um, so as hard as that is, but so did James Harden. So I guess I, I guess we're losing in all bouts here at U of A. Um, Dort went out and hit had a career high thirty points. Um, he willed the Thunder into that game. Uh, crazy ending at the end um, with a James Harden block and a foul here, and 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 the ending was interesting. If you want to go look it up, um, it's definitely was exciting. It was an exciting final minute. The referees had to get involved, um, but it proved that the Rocket style works. 
The small ball style works, at least for now. Now, they'll have to go against the length of the Lakers, and the Lakers are a long team. Um, they're tall and lengthy and quick. LeBron James is 6'9", 6'8". Um, they have Anthony Davis, who's 7'0", JaVale McGee, who's 7'1". Um, they're, they're a long team, and, and this may be a problem for Houston. Um, but the first time Houston put the small lineup together was against the Lakers, and it worked. So we will see. Um, to me, the Thunder have, have a, a bright future ahead. They have a lot of things going for them that are going to be really cool. Uh, unfortunately, it came to an end. But the other thing, the other series, at least, that's of interest is the Heat and the Bucks. Now, they're already in They're in the second-round matchup. Well, these other teams were finishing their first-round matchups. The Heat previously beat the Pacers. The Bucks previously beat the Magic. Now, the Bucks lost the first game to the Magic and then went on to sweep them. Uh, and so there was some conversation about, well, what, what did the Bucks have a slow start or what was it? Maybe they just maybe they have a slow start at the beginning of every series. Um, and the Heat have been kind of hot. And the Heat could went out and beat the Bucks in the first game uh, and beat them pretty comfortably. And everyone, at least around me and I saw on TV, and, and granted, Charlie's a Bucks fan, so you have to keep in mind that he's how he feels um, and what he's telling me. But I kind of did the same thing, right? The Bucks are just figuring things out, and, and they're a little bit slow to bait off the bat. But the star player of the Heat had a great game. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the star of the Bucks, played okay, missed a lot of free throws, um, didn't guard the star of the Heat, Jimmy Butler. Um, and to be honest, one of the things in the NBA that has to happen for you to be a star is you have to be good enough defensively that you take their star. Um, and it's not necessarily the greatest matchup in the world for the Bucks to do that, but if Jimmy Butler's scoring 30, then whatever you're doing isn't working. Um, and so Wednesday was game two, and to be honest, I didn't watch much of the game, but I will tell you, it, But and Jimmy Butler struggled. But the Heat still won the game. And they won in kind of a, a, an annoying fashion, but they're up to nothing. Uh, and they, by the way, they won with a with a foul call at the end, which you can agree or disagree with as you please. Um, I will tell you that it's technically a foul. It's not a foul. Um, in the NBA, when you go up and come down, you cannot be touched at any point on that process until your feet have landed securely on the floor and you're down. Um, because... They consider that your shot, and Jimmy Butler was grazed as he came down, uh, and they called a foul. Stupid, yes, but that's the way it goes. Um, and and to be honest, Giannis played well uh, in the second game, but the problem is that, that he was asked before game two if he would guard the best player in the Heat, and he basically was like, why would I do that? Which to me is a problem. And then they went out and lost, which is even more of a problem. Now the Bucks are down to nothing, and I will tell you that Charlie is 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 nervous, um, and and I would be too. By the way, Jimmy Butler had forty, not thirty, um, and Giannis played okay in, in the first game. He almost had a triple double, but I will tell you that that it's making Charlie nervous, and I understand why. This is it for the Bucks. They don't necessarily have to win the NBA Finals, but for them. The, the goal is to not lose in the second round. Now, they lost last year to a really, really good Toronto Raptors team that ended up winning the whole thing with a star in Kawhi Leonard. But they should not be losing to the Heat. And to be down to nothing is problematic. And to have Jimmy Butler go for 40 in the first game is problematic. 
Um, and this series is not nowhere near over. I just mentioned the Jazz series where they were up 3-1 and lost. And the thing about the bubble is there's no NBA home court advantage that normally exists when you have fans in, in your home stadium. And, and so that makes this all a lot more interesting. And that's the part of the bubble that I think is the best, is that every, every game is a toss-up. No one has any advantage. It's, it's, it's how well you show up to play that night. But the, the Bucks are in trouble. And I don't know what will happen going forward. The adjustment's going to have to be that the defense is going to be have to be better. Um, the Bucks have struggled against the Heat historically. They need to shape it up because this is not going to end well uh, for the Bucks if they don't. Now, I also am going to throw out this theory, and this is not something that I am even remotely, if I were in any position, I would consider. But Giannis Antetokounmpo is the star of the Bucks, and his contract runs out at the end of next year. Now, I have no reason to believe he will not sign a Supermax with the Bucks. The Bucks can provide him the most money. They can provide him, for now, it feels like the best opportunity to win. But falling short this year would be another year of a disappointment. And I'm talking about not in the finals. If they lose to the Lakers in the finals or the Clippers in the finals, different story. But if they lose now to the Heat, even if they don't get swept, um, and I were the Bucks, I would start. One of the things you have to think about is blowing the whole thing up. And you have to think about it in both ways. You have to think about blowing it up with blowing with taking Giannis out of the equation. You Three ways, I guess. Taking Giannis out, taking everybody but Giannis out, or taking everybody out. And there will have to be questions if the Bucks lose, however they lose. If they lose in this series, there will have to be some discussion about what Giannis's role is in winning or not winning. Because he can't be the reason that you lose a game or at least feel like it. And that's been the sense. Is that at least in game one, it maybe was a little bit more that the Heat were better. But that should never be the case with the Bucks. They should always be better. Um, and then game two, it felt like there was it just like wasn't going the Bucks way, um, and, and that's also a problem. The Heat were up in this game most of it, and pretty much all of it, almost. I mean, they were up big even starting in the first quarter, and that can't happen. So there's going to have to be some discussion on the Bucks side. Now you might ask, well, what does it look like if you trade Giannis? Well. Or why would Giannis even leave? Well, one of the teams that's interested is Miami. Uh, and the reason Giannis would leave is because the other team has built a situation for him that's better than what he has, and the money doesn't matter. That's a presumptuous belief. There's no reason to think that he won't stay. But if you're the Bucks, you have to think about how is the best way to win. And assuming that he's a part of it, which for now he is, you may need to look at some of his teammates and rethink their positions on this team who's performing and who's not performing. Because some of these players have not shown up. And in the NBA, even your star can't win you a game all the time. He can maybe win you one. He can maybe win you two. But Giannis is that is someone that's going to need some people around him. And we'll see. So I'm just throwing it out there. Not married to this idea. Um, but it is interesting. And when we've seen some very exciting basketball... This could lead to another exciting basketball series. Now, the other uh, interesting series is the Boston Raptors, uh, the Boston Celtics and, and Toronto Raptors series, and I haven't watched a lot of it. Um, the 
I will be honest, the Celtics are up 2-0, and I don't know exactly how. Um, I will tell you that, that the advantage that the Celtics have is that they just have more. They have another player and another player and another player. They have a lot of really, a lot of good players. Maybe not a lot of superstars, but a lot of good players. And that's hard for any team to contend with because you have to be deep. And the Celtics are deep. Um, and they might really cause the teams like Bucks, the, the Bucks, a problem. Um, but for now, it, it's an interesting part of the game, I guess. It's an interesting story. Um, and there'll be a lot more NBA to come. So thank you for listening. And I will see you tomorrow for a Friday episode of the World Sports Podcast Radio Show Short Episode Edition.